0: Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. In this video, a young boy sets up a camera planning to film himself doing donuts in a field, but what he catches in the background is more unsettling than he planned. What is the creature you see here? You're watching Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your creepy stories with the world because this world is a strange one. Of course, the forest is a great place to go for fresh air and apparently terrifying monsters. If you want to see something strange, you don't have to come to my house. You can take a hike in those woods and pray you come back alive. These are five allegedly real monsters seen in the woods. If you want to be in a future video, I'm looking for stories from Fire Watchers or Fire Lookouts, Campfire Stories, and Creepy Sewer Stories. If you've got a tale to share, you can share it with me at darknessprevails.org slash submit. Now then, bring your granola, because we're heading back to my favorite place. Number one, The Figure from the Woods. Submitted by... Page. I grew up on a farm in rural Oklahoma with plenty of land and wildlife around. Our house and farm were the only ones for miles around with a thick patch of woods surrounding us on both sides. I thoroughly enjoyed the wide open space and lack of intrusion from the outside world. While I loved the peace that the barrier of trees allowed us from other people, I think something else lived in those woods, something not so peaceful. One of my favorite hobbies was stargazing, which was made wonderful by the lack of light pollution in the country. The ideal place to throw down a blanket was out past the barns in the alfalfa field, where it was pitch black and quiet. It was where I found myself most summer evenings and watching the dark sky. I remember the mood of our peaceful farm changing one summer day when my brother and I discovered a fresh deer carcass. It lay in the back of the cow pasture near the beginning of the tree line. We were horrified and ran to inform our father quickly. He assured us that it was only a pack of coyotes in the area. He told us to stay away from the back parts of the pasture and far away from the woods. Still a little wary of the incident, my brother and I listened to him, trusting our father's knowledge. Here's the thing, though. The deer hadn't been eaten, just ended, basically. Even at a young age, I didn't understand why the coyotes wouldn't eat the deer. Why would they just end its life and leave it alone? It wasn't long before the next carcass showed up. Another uneaten animal from the woods appeared in the fields. This time it was much closer to the house. The mood of our farm animals was beginning to change too. I could see it. The cows and horses would make panicked sounds at night, coming from the fields. We could hear it all the way from the house. One day, while I was walking in the fields, I found the detached spine of an animal. It was a massive spine, with rotting flesh still hanging from the bones. There are no elk this far south, so I couldn't understand what the spine could be from or why it was even here. It was much too large to be that of a deer's or really anything else native to these forests. Upon questioning him, my father continued to say it was the coyotes, but it was clear to me that he was confused by these things as well and maybe even a little bit afraid. Like I mentioned before, My favorite way to relax after a day's work was to take my blanket out to the field and stargaze. My parents would have never approved given the recent happenings in the area, but my father had told us over and over again that it was merely the work of some coyotes and that coyotes would be too afraid to attack a person. Thinking I wasn't in any danger, I was convinced I was relatively safe to sneak out for an hour or two to watch the stars. Once I was in my favorite spot, I unfurled my blanket and lay down, trying to relax. Everything was calm and peaceful as usual. I lay in the warm air with the sounds of crickets and cicadas chirping and the animals rustling in their barns. All of a sudden... It was like the world around me was put on pause. The insects and animals went quiet and still, and I felt my core turn to ice. I was instantly aware that something was wrong. It was then that I knew there was something else in the fields with me. I was paralyzed with fear, knowing that whatever it was, it wasn't good. I slowly raised up from the blanket on the ground and I began scanning the fields. As I ran my eyes over the area, my heart stopped beating and turned to ice. At the edge of the tree line, about 100 yards away from me, there was a massive figure, darker than the night around us. It was pitch black and absolutely huge, standing maybe eight feet tall and standing straight up. It wasn't moving, but I could tell that it was facing me, and I knew it was staring right at me. I panicked, and I dove back down, trying my hardest not to scream or cry. What was this thing? It wasn't an animal. It was standing up on its back legs, but it wasn't a human, either. It was too tall and too skinny with long, thin, humanoid arms and legs. Its fur was black, I don't know how long I stayed crouched in the tall grass trying to stay low. It felt like an eternity. Why was I hiding when I knew it knew where I was? So why wasn't it already tearing me to pieces? And why wasn't I running yet? After what seemed like an hour sitting in the bleak silence listening for any sounds, I decided I had to make a move. I had to make a run for it. It was about a 300-yard run to the back door of the house. I didn't think I could reach the door before it reached me, but it was better than sitting and waiting for it to come to find me in my spot of grass. I stood up and sprinted as fast as I possibly could for the back door without looking in the direction of the woods. I knew that if I looked at that thing again, I would lose my nerve and crumble back down to the blanket, I had no idea where this thing was at this point, but I could still feel its presence in the field. I cried hysterically as I ran to the house. I reached the back door after what seemed like years of running. I flung the door open and I flew inside. Once the door was shut, I crumpled to the floor and sobbed. That was the last time I stargazed from the fields. I knew I would never feel safe again in those fields after sunset. I still have no words for what I saw that night or any idea of what it was, but I never told anyone. However, I'm sure that that night was not the first time that thing visited our farm, and maybe it wasn't its last either. Number two, Banshee in the Creek. Submitted by The Woodsman. This is one of the many, many odd things that has happened on this property of mine. I really didn't realize what I was getting into when I bought the new house in the middle of the woods, but I'm surviving for now. By the time that the events in this story took place, I had already experienced quite a few things on the property and this was easily the third freakiest thing to happen up to that point. Right behind the naked stab victim that cried like a newborn baby, only to then cartwheel back into the woods, but that's another story. This time I decided that I wanted to go camping. Despite all the stuff that's happened so far, I'd never been seriously injured in the woods, so why not go to sleep in them? It sounds like a bad idea, I know, Anyway, the first few hours when I get into the woods were fine. I set up camp, build a fire, burn myself trying to cook a hot dog, etc. Then I began to realize camping is pretty boring when you're all alone, so I decided to go to bed. The next thing I know, I wake up to the sound of a young girl's voice down by the creek. She sounded like she was college age. It took me a moment to wake up, but when I did, I could make out what she was saying. Help. I need help. I'm lost. Dad, help me. The sound was close, and I knew she was just down by the creek, which is not far from my tent. Now, this isn't the first time I've been lured into the woods by a voice pleading for help, but this voice was a lot more convincing than the others. Nonetheless, I still brought with me my newly purchased forty-five caliber that I had bought for dealing with things on my land. I made my way into the creek, flashlight in hand and headed down to the voice. Soon I found the source. Now, I didn't put the flashlight beam on her right away because I didn't want to blind and scare the poor girl, but I could clearly see the outline of a small woman sitting on the bank of the creek I got about 15 feet away from her when she stopped me, stating that, you really don't need that flashlight with the moon as bright as it is. It wasn't even a full moon, so that confused me a little. I replied with, I don't know about you, but I can't see much out here. Do you need help? You sounded hurt. I began to shine the flashlight on her, but she suddenly screamed, stop, Stop! before it ever reached her face. This time, her voice wasn't as convincing, and I could tell she wasn't human, or at the very least, not normal. I smiled nervously. It had fooled me at first, but after hearing that voice, I knew better. Even still, this thing got me out there in the woods, in its domain, and was probably making an attempt at my life. It felt like I was in a Mexican standoff. I stayed still, as did she, for a very long time. And then, I quickly shone the flashlight on her face. When I saw it, I was honestly surprised, because she almost did look like a girl, except how pale her skin was, and how abnormally large her eyes were that were completely black, as if they were 100% pupil. When the light hit her face, her head snapped backward and she made eye contact with me. Then she screamed even louder than before, like inhumanly loud. It was a woman's scream, but it was like it was being played through massive speakers that had somehow been hidden in the underbrush. As she screamed, I struggled to breathe as if something was choking me. I could no longer will any air into my body. I then felt something warm dripping onto my neck and my left ear went quiet. The scream had busted my eardrum. The only thing I could do at the moment was throw my flashlight at her and I did. I think it connected with what I assume was her eye. I couldn't tell for sure because I didn't have the flashlight anymore. And with the pain in my head and throat, I couldn't really grab onto my forty-five caliber. Suddenly, the pressure in my neck loosened and her scream stopped when the haze that had developed in my eyes from the lack of blood flow disappeared. She was gone and she was alone in the woods. I was left wondering if that had even happened, yet there lay my flashlight several meters in front of me after throwing it. I struggled to catch my breath for a while, I slowly walked back to my campsite, then went to sleep in the tent, somehow. You may be wondering why I didn't just go back home, but it was a 20-minute hike, and my flashlight had broken, so I had to wait till morning to be safe. Luckily, nothing happened for the rest of the night. When I woke up the next day, my ear was completely normal, as if it had never busted. I ignored the weirdness, packed up everything, and headed back home. The only thing I have from that experience that's still broken was my flashlight, and of course my desire to ever go camping in those woods again. Number three, Wandering Alone, submitted by Sailor. I was born and raised in Alaska, lived there for 21 years. My family and I took a trip up to our cabin in Central, as it was my last chance to enjoy nature before I left to join the Navy. It was a nice and quiet location, secluded with no cell service, the perfect getaway. We took a ride one day with our ATVs up to our favorite hiking location. Then we stopped at a few of the abandoned miners' houses along the way. One of these stops took an exceptionally long time to look around, and show some of my family members the nearby rusting equipment. Some of my family is from Texas and have never seen such things before, so while they were taking the thousands of photos that they usually did, I decided to walk off and do a little exploring of my own through the woods. I don't know how long I'd been wandering for, but by the time I broke out of the trees and found a trail, I noticed that it had gotten eerily quiet thinking nothing of it, that it was just me or a nearby predator that caused the quiet. I clutched my knife and proceeded cautiously still. I rounded the bend in the trail and what I saw made me stop dead in my tracks and drop my knife. It was a large black wolf that had emerged from the woods around me and was a few yards from me. I stood still, my breath caught in my throat. This wolf looked bizarre and intimidating It was skinny as if it had been starved for a while and its fur was mangy and made the thing look creepy and unnatural. Nothing like how the normal wolves in the area would look like. It proceeded across the trail and almost back into the woods when suddenly my dad from the distance began to call my name. This made the wolf stop and look around. I think it was about to run away but then it looked straight at me locking eyes and keeping me in place. Those yellow orbs of its eyes made it seem to tower over me. My fight or flight instinct took over and I bent down to grab my knife before taking an immediate right into the woods. I ran like crazy until I broke through the tree line where my family was. Once they saw me, they made jokes about how I was paler than a ghost and needed to spend more time in the sun. I would have laughed along with them had I not felt like something was still watching me. I hopped on my ATV and took my place in the back of our small formation, taking one last look of where I'd run from. The wolf was there, its yellow eyes locking with mine one last time before it turned and left. It had chased me. Its footsteps were so light that I didn't hear it coming after me, but the only thing that seemed to have stopped it were the other people in our group. If I was alone, I probably would have been dead. I didn't tell my family about the experience until we were back at the cabin, drinking and telling jokes around the fire and hot tub. My sister exclaimed how mad and jealous she was that she didn't get a photo of this wolf. I laughed along with her and admitted I was mad at myself for not taking a picture of it but I guess you don't really know what to do until you're in a certain situation. My advice to you would be this, don't go wandering into the woods too far alone. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters and you can live the story yourself, rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 4. Werewolf Lurking in Florida. Submitted by Matthew I live in Tallahassee, Florida, and a lot of people here have seen a creature lurking around in the woods. I'm 15 years old, a sophomore in high school. As a Christian, I never really believed in the supernatural or paranormal, but after a few months ago, I don't really know what to believe. My encounter happened in December of 2017. It was about a week before Christmas, and I had just gotten out of school for winter break. It was a Friday night and I had crashed on the couch while watching TV. At around one in the morning, my dog wakes me up as he needs to go outside and use the bathroom. This isn't unusual as he does this almost every night. He's old and I guess he's gotten a weaker bladder. So as annoying as it is, he's still a member of the family. So I take him outside. 15 minutes go by and I hadn't heard him bark to be let in yet. It usually takes him about two to three minutes, so I was a little concerned. Now, my house has two stories and we were upstairs. We have a deck right outside our sliding glass door. When I went out to call his name for him to come inside, I could practically see our whole backyard. Our backyard leads to the woods. We don't have large woods, but we don't have small ones either. Kind of in between, I guess. After calling his name and not seeing or hearing him, I decided as tired and irritated I was, I had to go out and look for him. Not to mention it was 20 something degrees that night and he needed to come inside. I grabbed my flashlight and put on my shoes. Then I went out to look for my old dog. As I was walking for about two minutes into the woods, I finally saw him. I tried calling him over to me, but he seemed to be ignoring me. As I continued to call him, I noticed that the normal sounds you would hear outside at night, such as frogs and crickets, had completely gone silent. As strange as I thought it was, I ignored it and finally got my dog to come over to me. I then gagged when I noticed an awfully strong stench. At that point, I just wanted to get the heck out of there and get back to bed. I had my dog by my side and we started heading back towards the house. As we were walking, my dog began to bark at the bushes to the right of us. I looked over and what I saw next traumatized me for the rest of my life. It was a tall, dark figure, maybe eight feet tall, and its upper body was quite muscular, but its head, it was the shape of a German shepherd with a large snout and long, razor-sharp teeth. Its eyes reflected a yellow glow. It felt like it was peering into my soul. In the matter of the next 10 seconds, I heard the creature let out a deep growl. I grabbed my dog by the collar and I ran as fast as my legs could carry me, thinking this was the end, that this would be how I passed. As I'm running, I stupidly look behind me to see if it was chasing me, but it wasn't. It was just standing there and watching us. I wasted no time and kept running. I slid the door open and shut it quickly after my dog and I were both inside. I locked it, then sat down for a few seconds to catch my breath, thinking about what the heck had happened. I got some water and then tried to lay back down on the couch. As I lie there, my body froze as I heard a loud, deep howl coming from outside. I managed to sleep that night, but definitely a rough, not-so-peaceful sleep. I woke up the next morning and went over to my computer to do some research on what I saw the previous night. I read some stories about sightings all over the country. A good majority of them were just like what I would seen. I could not and still can't believe these things are real like some sort of animatronic or suit from a Hollywood horror film had come to life and had begun roaming the woods. If you live in Tallahassee, be careful, because this thing is still out there, probably in my woods still, and God knows how many of them there might be. And number five, The Duskman, submitted by Silhouette Gaming. It was a little over two years ago. Every summer, or almost every summer, my grandparents and I would go to Missouri to visit my aunt and uncle, who live in the middle of nowhere in the woods. Also, the nearest neighbor is a little over six miles away. Now that you know some background, let's get to the meat of it. It was the summer of 2015, and the time came to visit my family in Nebraska and Missouri. I was 13 then, and always enjoyed seeing family, even if it meant spending several days in a car. Nebraska was nice, and I had a lot of fun with my cousins, so after staying there a few days, we left for Missouri. For those who don't know, Missouri can be very hot in the summer, so picture a 13-year-old with a book and a dead phone, with the AC of a van trying to keep the car cool and failing, and on top of that, having not eaten lunch yet, It wasn't a very pleasant moment. Finally, we pulled into the driveway of my aunt and uncle's place. They had a two-story house if you count the basement. I loved their place because I loved going out into the woods and just having fun with whatever. And their house was perfect. My grandparents and I began unloading the car while my aunt and uncle came out of the house to see us. They gave me a big hug and told me that I would be sleeping in the living room on the air mattress... Once I put my stuff on the air mattress, I asked my aunt and uncle if I could go outside to play, since my grandparents wanted to catch up with them. To my relief, they said yes. Thus, I began my adventure through the woods close to the house. Now and again, I would leave a trail marker so I wouldn't get lost, because I do have a tendency to get lost in those woods. I'd left my fifth trail marker when I had remembered that I had a sandwich and a water bottle in the backpack I had, After walking a few steps to a log, I sat down and began eating my snack. While eating, I got this feeling like I was being watched, but I told myself that it was just the animals watching me eat. The feeling just wouldn't go away, though, even after I got done eating, so I just sat on the log doing nothing, besides listening. Then came another feeling, more of a thought, I guess, to look over to my left and I wish I never had. Over to my left was a huge tree structure. There was one large tree in the middle, with two slightly smaller trees crossing the one in the middle. The heck is that? I asked myself as I walked over to it, looking it up and down. I'm no small person, as back then I was 5'7", but this structure towered over me. As I stood in front of it, I got the feeling of being watched again, but it was far stronger than before and I was starting to get goosebumps all over. That's when I heard it. It's breathing to be more accurate. I did something really stupid then and looked behind me. Standing there, also towering over me, was a seven foot tall, brown furred, human looking monster, not even a few feet away from me. I froze, my mouth hanging open, while this thing looked at me. Then it reached out for me and my arms and legs came to life at last. I'd never run so fast before in my life, trying to get away from that beast that could easily outrun me. I did yet again another stupid thing. I looked behind me again, which is never a good idea when you're running for your life. I ended up running straight into a holly brush, which really hurt. But the creature was nowhere to be found. I'd made it away from it, but something tells me it would have had me if it really wanted me. One day I hope we can know about and truly understand each and every animal that exists in the world. I wonder how strange they get and how dangerous the most rare ones might be. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe some of these creatures are actually supernatural. Either that or everyone's just high, but I just don't believe that. I think these people are seeing something, and I think what they're seeing might in fact be dangerous. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your creepy true stories about creepy things in the sewer, scary firewatch stories, and haunting campfire stories. You can send your story to me today at darknessprevails.org slash submit. If you want to support this channel, get on the Google Play Store and check out Spooked, my app, where you can get all my stories and videos in one place. Try to donate one buck a month on Patreon to get your name in the credits in one of these videos. Just go to patreon.com darknessprevails or get some creepy cool merchandise at morbidmonsters.com. As usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video about five scary summer break stories. Psychotic wisdom says, I'm here in darkness, but summer is a horror story itself for someone as pale as me. Well, I almost gave my wife an epileptic fit when she raised up my shirt. Now that's pale. Sir Lucas says, Welp, my summer break's coming up. Oh well, if I go missing, it was probably a wendigo. Yep, it definitely wasn't me. I wasn't stalking you for the past six summers. Surfy Mammal says, Hey, darkness prevails. Stay spooky and awesome, and give me those sweet nightmares. Oh, Surfy, I'll give you a big steaming coil of nightmares if that's what you like. Emiliano Medina says, Darkness, can you make some Zaxby stories? Are you trying to ruin every chicken place I like? <sighs> you asked for it. And Megan Ariel says, how to survive summer break in a nutshell. Step one, stay inside and never go out and you're safe. Yeah, how do you fit in a nutshell during the summer break? That's just weird. Anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in to another Darkness Prevails classic. More creepy videos are coming up soon. Here are the credits to my awesome patrons who donate. Until next time, stay safe out there and stay creepy.